Hey guys, welcome to Dark Vale. We're your hosts, John and Tori. Dark Vale is a podcast that discusses the darker side of life. We are not professionals on any of the topics we discuss. We do as much research as we can, and we do try to be as accurate as possible. However, no one is perfect, and neither are we. Because we're discussing the darker side of things, this podcast is best listened to by a mature audience. So sit back and get ready to podcast and chill! Hey guys, welcome to Dark Vale, and welcome to episode 22. My name is John. And my name is Tori. So today, because we're in October, one of the best months of the whole year, because Halloween, um, I have a really good true story of horror. Oh, <clears throat> that sounds great. Yeah. How come we don't have a weird, random, creepy, and eerie noise just happening to go on on this episode like we did in one random episode that had nothing to do with October or Halloween? How come that can't happen now? Uh... I don't know, because we're fairly low budget around here. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> I that, just heard something. That was weird timing. That was weird timing. That, do, that does explain the weird guy in the corner over there. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> He's just staring at us. <laughs> yeah this is a perfect uh spooky story for the first episode of october a terrifying tale of unimaginable horror i said that wrong unimaginable <laughs> <laughs> um violence and gore a tale so ghastly that the walls run red with blood Ooh. did you write that honey i might have made some of that up that's really good <laughs> Um, but the truth is, it's a very interesting murder that is something that actually happened and has many documentaries and a few movies that made this story, uh, pretty famous over mm -hmm. the years. Um, the Amityville murders happened on November 13th, 1974 in a suburban neighborhood in the South shore of Long Island, New York. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ronald DeFeo Jr. shot and killed six members of his family, his mother, father, two brothers, and two sisters, in their large Dutch colonial house at, at uh, 112 Ocean Avenue. On the evening of November 13, 1974, Ronald Joseph DeFeo Jr. entered a bar called Henry's Bar and shouted, You gotta help me. I think my mother and father are shot. Ronald and a group of people headed back to DeFeo's home. The group discovered that Ronald's parents were in fact shot and dead inside the home. So Amityville, the whole like, this is kind of like the origin of... Yeah, this... The, what happened with the original family that was like in that house? Yeah, this... Sorry, I should have <laughs> included that. You're You're right. This is the original family. Yeah. And the original murders that happened. And later on, you'll hear 
about um, the family that's more featured in the movies is the Lutz family. Yeah. They're the ones that move in after. But yeah, this is like kind of the origin story. Yeah, which is absolutely true. Yeah. <clears throat> which I think is makes it more interesting and creepy. Yeah. Um, Sorry. No, no worries. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the group discovered that Ronald's parents were in fact shot and dead inside the home. Uh, Ronald's friend Joe made an emergency call to the Suffolk community or community, sorry, uh, Suffolk County police. Um, when police arrived, they searched the house and discovered that six members of the DeFeo family were dead in their beds. Uh, all the victims were shot with a 35 caliber lever action rifle. Both parents had been shot twice and every child had a single gunshot wound. Every member of the family was found face down and there was physical evidence that suggested that the mother and the 13-year-old daughter were awake at the time of their deaths. Um, Ronald was also known as Butch. Um, it just specifically said that. It didn't actually say if he was known as Butch to like friends, but to, maybe just to his family. I'm not even sure. Um, uh, he was the eldest son of the family. He was 23 years old and the lone survivor. Um, the police took him to the police station for his own safety after Ronald suggested to the officers that the family was murdered by a mob hitman named Louis Fellini. Um, however, during the interview, police noticed many serious inconsistencies in his version of the events. The next day, Ronald confessed to the killings and the accused hitman, air quotes, um, had an alibi proving he was out of state at the time of the killings. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ronald told the detectives that so this is his own words. Um, once I started, I just couldn't stop. It went so fast. He admitted that he had taken a bath and redressed and detailed where he had discarded crucial evidence such as bloodstained clothes, the rifle, and bullets before leaving to go to work as usual. Oh, that's chilling. Yeah. So he killed his whole family, took a bath, and hid some, some of the... The evidence and just went on with his day like normal. How old were like his brothers and sisters? Um, okay, so they were 18, 13, 12, and a nine-year-old. So the 18-year-old was the was one of the daughters, and the 13-year-old was one of the da daughters, and then the two boys were 12 and 9. Oh, yikes. That's really... Young. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so, Ronald's trial began on October 14th, 1975. So, almost, almost a year later. <clears throat> Excuse me, you went to trial. And October 14th, that's, that's my kiddo's birthday. Oh. <laughs> Um, that's, that's almost now. 
Um, but yeah, sorry. Anyway, uh, October 14th, 1975. That's when his trial uh, began. Ronald and his defense lawyer tried an affirmative defense of insanity. DeFeo claimed he killed his family in self-defense, saying he heard voices plotting against him. Uh, his defense was supported by the psychiatrist for the defense. However, the psychiatrist for the prosecution maintained that although Ronald was a user of heroin and LSD, he had antisocial personality disorder and was unaware, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, was aware of his action at the time of the crime. Okay, so he murdered his whole family, including his mom and his dad, right? Yep. And then he had a bath, cleaned up, hid evidence, and then went to work, right? Yep. And then he told the police that a hitman killed them, yep. right? And then the police didn't believe him after... Things didn't line up or whatever, right? Yep. And then it took just under a year to, like, charge him and go to trial? Yeah. So I don't okay. know if he just sat in a jail cell the whole time waiting or what. Yep. But it's also kind of important to note, too, that after, after he killed his parents, he walked over to this bar... Oh, yeah. And then made that whole story up and had people come over. And it was it's like he was trying to create the beginning part of the, the alibi or the lie or whatever that, like, maybe that mafia hitman yeah. or mob hitman, whatever, um, shot his parents. So, I don't know. It's just weird and creepy that that's something that's... Yeah, it's... He could kill his whole family and then just put on a, an act. And on top of that, he went to work and just went on with his day. Like Yeah, with... like carried on. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it says that he was using drugs, basically, right? Yeah. Heroin and LSD. Um, so... I think in the, like, the newest movie that just came out, like... Yep. In the last year or two. Or very recently. Yeah. Um, I think it portrayed him as a fairly heavy drug user. I can't remember for sure, but I think that's... I can't remember if it portrays him as a, a heavy drug user, but it absolutely... He is... I'm almost certain doing LSD yeah. in the movie. Um, And from what I read, because I looked that movie up after we watched it and from what i read i thought it was a fairly like agreed upon by sources that it was fairly along the line like very close to real life yeah like what happened um i guess what i'm just trying to point out by like highlighting all that stuff is is um uh, doing all that stuff and then carrying on like as though it never happened and try, trying to kind of make an alibi. Yeah. Though That, to me, are all the steps that somebody that is fully aware of what they've done yeah. has taken, right? Like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's why, like, him claiming 
um, a defense of insanity, and and that seems ridiculous. Yep. To even try that one, and and that, but it surprises me that that defense was supported by the psychiatrist for the defense. Well, for his it, for his team, honey. Yeah, but it. I guess I, I don't really know exactly how all that legal mumbo-jumbo works, but I feel like if he went and saw a psychiatrist, like, maybe psychiatrists don't get any of the details that, like, the police have, in the sense that he tried making up this story, he tried doing this, but it's very obvious he was aware and not insane. Like, he was aware oh, of what yeah. he did. So the psychiatrist... For a psychiatrist to be like, Ah, oh, yeah, so you do... I can see where you're coming with an insanity plea because that's fitting to what what's happened. If the psychiatrist had all of the information that maybe the the police did, they'd be like, uh, I, I can't support your defense because it doesn't work. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. But honey, what, what I think happened is just a simple case of they probably shopped around for psychiatrists until they found one that agreed. Oh, yeah. Because <clears throat> if, me. if they could find none that agreed, they probably wouldn't even have used a psychiatrist in their defense at all. But that e makes sense. Yeah. either they somehow found a shady one that was just like, whatevs, I'm going to be on your side. Or they found somebody that truly thought that. But um, I feel like that's pretty common. People look for professionals that'll help um, establish their defense, right? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. Because we've seen enough documentaries about yeah. crime and stuff where there's <clears throat> some pretty questionable viewpoints and stuff. yeah viewpoints yeah. and 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 defense people sometimes so but, but yeah you're not wrong like i totally agree with you uh i would think i'm not a psychiatrist but i would think most people in that profession would be like I don't think you have a history of <laughs> hearing voices, but you are a drug user who seems to be able to hold a job and lie about <laughs> yeah. what happens. So that's a thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So on November 21st, 1975, Ronald DeFeo was found guilty of six counts of second degree murder on... And on December 4th, 1975, he was sentenced to six concurrent sentences of 25 years to life. Ronald is currently held at Sullivan Correctional Facility in the town of Fallsburg, New York. All his appeals and requests to the parole board have been denied. <clears throat> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was interesting while I was reading about this, and I don't know why, but I just didn't think that he would still be alive and in jail. Oh. Like, I just, it seemed like it was such an old thing, and I get the 70s weren't that long ago. They were quite a while ago, but you know what I mean? I was just like, oh, he's still alive to this day. Yeah, that's when I was doing up the one, the episode that we did on uh, Edmund Kemper, and I kept thinking about him like he was dead or something yeah. too like long gone but he's 
he was alive. I don't know if he's still alive. Oops. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, he's he's still alive. For for a second there, I second guessed myself, and I'm not really even sure why. Oops. Yeah, so I think that we have this idea that all these things happened so long ago and everyone is passed away and the story's completely over, but that's not true all the time either. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know what? This kind of makes me relate more to the way our kids think we're just ancient and we're like, I'm not even 40 yet. I'm not old. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, how can you think that? But we definitely think all these people are like 900 years old and they're... Yeah. Long gone. They've been dead and buried for a while. Nope. Not so much. So while looking this up, I actually came across an interesting little article that just had a little bit of some lore to the whole Amityville house in the land and, and this and that. Um, the Amityville horror might go back to 1644 and a land curse. Um, Takapasha, the chief of the Masapakea Indians, I hope I said that right, um, sold use of the land, which is now Long Island, to the Dutch for settlement. The Dutch wanted the land itself, so they hired an Indian fighter, Captain John Underhill, who, in a massacre, killed over 120 Indians and buried them in a mass grave in Fort Neck. Fort Neck is about a mile away from 112 Ocean Avenue, which is the address of the house. And <clears throat> um, sorry, and uh, I guess one of Robert, uh, or sorry, Ronald, Ronald uh, DeFeo's claims uh, for the reasons he killed his siblings and parents is that he was possessed by an Indian chief. Yeah. I was going to say in the movie, um, it kind of showed that at least a couple of the kids were, um, experiencing some paranormal things a little bit here and there before the murders happened. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, they could move pennies and stuff and do other things. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. <clears throat> Excuse me. But obviously that's not a fact that would be stated in the court or in trial or anything, so... Yeah. Um, so, now, kind of on to the, the family that moved in there after, the Lutz family. Um, and they're, they're haunting, I yeah. guess. Um, so according to biography.com, 13 months after the murder, the Lutz family purchased the home at a drastically reduced price of $80,000, obviously due to the murders, but they only lasted 28 days before leaving the house. It is the Lutz's family's experience of paranormal activity that spawned the legend of the Amityville Horror and a bunch of books, documentaries, and films. Yeah, so like we were saying, it's more this story with these people. That, yeah. Uh, most people that know about Amityville um, have heard of, right? Yeah. And a lot of people don't know that it actually 
originated from like the family before that. Like the a creepy story started before that even happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So some of the <clears throat> excuse me, some of the paranormal experiences the Lutz family experienced were um so the stepfather, George Lutz. Sorry, go ahead. No, nothing. Oh, okay. Um, George Lutz apparently had a history of dabbling in the occult. So that already isn't a good thing to have in that house. Yeah. Um, He was also said to wake up at 3.15 a.m. every morning, which was about the time that Ronald murdered his family. The Lutz family said they had experienced strange smells, green slime oozing out of the walls and keyholes, and cold spots in certain areas of the house. I just want to point out that 3 a.m. is very widely known as um, like a witch, one of the witching hours, yeah. right? Like a creepy paranormal activity or a creepy paranormal time frame that has some sort of relevance. Yeah. I guess. I have absolutely heard of that too. <clears throat> um. So the Lutz family, they brought in a priest to bless the house. And the priest himself claims he heard a voice shout, get out. The priest told the Lutzes to never sleep in that particular room. So it doesn't actually specify the room in any of the information I could find. Yeah. But uh, whatever room that was, they were told not to ever sleep in that one. Well, that's chilling. Yeah. If a priest told me I could never fall asleep in one of the rooms in my house, that would be very unsettling. Yeah, I'd be boarding that one up. Uh, We're leaving that one out. Or would we just throw a few bags in the car and leave? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There <laughs> <At> is. That <laughs> That's true. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The Lutz has also reported. Okay, I won't do that again. See, that's that's from the room that's boarded up. <laughs> You're not wrong. We packing up and leaving. Um, the Lutz has also reported experiencing their garage door opening and closing, an invisible spirit knocking a knife down in the kitchen, a pig-like creature with red eyes staring down at George and his son Daniel from a window, and George waking up to his wife Kathy levitating off their bed as well as both sons claim to levitate in their bedrooms as well that is a whole lot of no yeah yeah i if one time waking up and seeing you floating yeah we we're done with this place yeah you and i heard a loud vehicle outside of our house yesterday and yeah it was very into it we're okay we were very cautious at that. Let's put it that way. Yeah. We acted like a ghost haunted us when that <laughs> happened. Yeah. Pause the TV and look out the windows. <laughs> it was a strange sounding vehicle though. Yeah. Like it didn't sound normal and it just revved. It was Stephen King's Christine. <laughs> yeah. Um. So over... So when... when when the Lutzes came out and they talked about this, um, many people questioned the validity of the Lutzes' story. 
Uh, after the Lutz family told their stories, George and Kathy took a lie detector test to prove their innocence. And they did pass it. Interesting. I'm curious to know what kind of... How, how, the, how those lie detector tests in the 70s compare to what we have now. Yeah. And if they were to take them again, if they would still pass. Yeah. Um, but the, the Lutzes had legal and financial issues looming over them. So a lot of skeptics believe the Lutz family had motive to create a fantastical story to tell the public. Uh, you know what, that, if that's true, which really there's no proof of for sure, Yeah. but if that's true, that's a very hurtful thing to do because a nine and 12 year old, other young people, two parents yeah. passed away in a really unfortunate way and to kind of use that as leverage for something is not okay yeah exactly it's cold and selfish yeah disrespectful um the lutz's former lawyer william weber who had a falling out with the lutz family over some money issues came out in 1979 and claimed that him george and kathy lutz came up with the horror story over many bottles of wine Oh, yikes. Honey, do you know for sure it's pronounced Lutz? Because I definitely had a teacher in school who had that exact last name, and we said Lutz. Oh, really? Yeah. It could be Lutz, then. I am actually not sure. I know a Lutz in real life, too, that is spelt this way and like that's their oh, okay. last name and it is pronounced Lutz. So that's the reason I just went with Lutz. Oh no, that's, that's okay. <laughs> it's just that whenever we aren't certain, um, sometimes we say, so, I hope that's right. And, yeah. um, I've just been confidently saying Lutz the whole time. <laughs> you, you likely are, you're, you likely are right. I just wanted to point that out in case. Yeah, it could be Lutz. Um, and I can't actually remember from the movie if I can't either at all. So, yeah. So if it's not uh, Lutz and it's Lutz, uh, whoops. It almost rhymes with Lutz. Oops. I no, you're, you're stretching. <laughs> you're reaching. I'm reaching a bit. Um, so the their son, Daniel, uh, he lives a quiet life in Queens as a stonemason. He claims the house ruined his life and continues to have nightmares to this day. So interesting. Although, sorry, honey. No, no. Interesting. Although, um, that's a child of theirs, right? Yeah, of the. Yeah. Um, if you're kind of being fed that something has happened to you as a child, right? Like, if even if the parents aren't like, let's say it's fake, and let's say the parents made it up, just hearing your parents talking about things like that, even if they haven't happened, that would freak you out. Oh, yeah. And especially that house, because I've seen, like, pictures of the real house. It looks creepy. Yeah. And it's huge. And all kids 
think there's a ghost under their or an, I don't know if ghosts hide under beds, but uh, monsters. Yeah. All kids get freaked out pretty easy when they're like still a, like a certain age, right? Yeah. So that could have definitely just fed something that wasn't real into an actual real shitty fear nightmare for that guy. Oh, so yeah. either way, yeah, I I totally believe that guy when he says he still has nightmares and he's screwed up about that, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um I I would. Yeah. Um so the Amityville house still stands with a new address. The the Amityville house, um, so the actual house, officially sold in February 2017 to an undisclosed owner for a whopping $605,000, which was still $200,000 less than the original asking price. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah. Did, so, did Zach Baggins buy it <laughs> yeah. so he could put it in his museum? I'm surprised he didn't. Um... It's funny though because the 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 Lutz family bought it for eighty thousand dollars, super reduced because of the murders in it. Now it's like um like a pop culture icon thing, right? Like yeah. now it's worth money because of the story behind it. Yeah. Before they wouldn't have been able to sell it because of that, and now they could ask almost a million dollars for it. Yeah, but you know what though. Even with the price reduced in the 70s, they bought that house for 80000 which I feel like was really fairly expensive for back then. 80000 in the 70s? Yeah, I suppose for... it probably would have been. I wonder what... So with inflation, I'm just wondering if the 600000 is on par with that still. Yeah, you might not be wrong about that at all. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know, though. I could be totally wrong. I don't... We're a people of the trailer, honey. <laughs> yeah. I don't... <laughs> um... Th that's a real <clears throat> stick house. Yeah. <laughs> it's made with real wood. <laughs> I bet they got a foundation and everything. <laughs> so, that house had been previously owned by four other families... Oh, yikes. ...since the murders... One of which had the address changed to 108 Ocean Avenue. It was originally 112. Yeah, that makes sense because they don't... Some people were buying that house because of its history. And some people were probably just buying it because they could afford it for the neighborhood or the area or whatever, right? Yeah. And absolutely wanted nothing to do with it and didn't want people looking up that address for sightseeing or something, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, that's I was just going to say. Imagine... Since the seventies till now, how many people yeah. have you know diehard fans of the movie or whatever, or were in the area and just went there and probably knocked on the door and were like, "Hey, can I get a tour of your house?" Or and they're just families that are trying to live their normal life. Yeah, I know. If we were in the area, I definitely want to drive by it. Oh yeah, I'd be taking pictures of it too. But would I knock on someone's door and be like, hi, person I've never seen before and will never see again? Will you let me in your house? Yeah. Thank you. I'm very <laughs> nice. No. Yeah. 
I agree. I wouldn't, uh, there'd be a point where you'd almost have to put up a fence with a, yeah, no trespassing yeah. things too. Yeah. Big, big, tall privacy fence so nobody could see over it and, and yeah. stuff, but. That was yeah. a cool story. I, good job at telling it, honey. Well, thank you. Thank you. So, so, since we have a little bit of time left, from what, the length of what our no episodes normally are, what is, I got a couple of questions. What is your favorite thing you ever were for Halloween when you were a kid? Oh, man. Man, I, <clears throat> I don't remember a lot of my costumes as a kid. I remember being a bunny one time. <laughs> That's cute. I remember being Batman. Mm -hmm. I might have been a clown. But I can't remember. Um, but I'm gonna say, I think Batman was probably my favorite costume. Nice. How about you? Um, my absolute favorite costume I ever was, was, um, an Egyptian. Basically, I was Cleopatra and I really liked it a lot. Oh, nice. Um, I was also Snow White and that was really cool. And those are my two favorites, I guess. I was I was not like scary when I was a kid. Nice. Those are good ones though. Yeah. Did you go trick or treating when you were a teenager or did you were you too cool? Uh oh man. I don't even remember when I stopped going trick or treating. I feel like I tried to keep going though as long as I could. John doesn't remember any of his childhood. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was so long ago. Every question I ask you about your childhood, oh, I don't remember. I don't really know. My sister probably remembers. Um, I probably... I would say I probably quit trick-or-treating around 13 or 14 though I think oh yeah I was probably 15 I would say but yeah <clears throat> candy yeah like that's exactly it um see, my, oh sorry no go ahead I was just gonna say my I have a teenager and he stopped I would say 12 maybe at 12 yeah Maybe 11, even. Hmm. That's pretty young. He was born 47 years old, though, <laughs> yeah. so... I'm just taking a newspaper into the living room for the evening. Yeah. He's a, a fresh, elderly man. <laughs> <clears throat> so... Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> um, I was going to say, at least we both had younger siblings. Because yeah. I don't know if your younger sibling... Was uh, still, if they were going out trick-or-treating and you weren't, so you still got the benefit from some of the candy? I took it, honey. <laughs> I wasn't asking. You just strong-armed them into it? Yeah. Nice. Um, and then you just quietly pay attention to where they've hidden it that year? Yeah. Just take it. Yeah. I wish I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you took the bully route. Nice. I, I wasn't that bad, but... 
definitely you grab a handful and run for yeah. sure. Um, so do you have any creepy haunted stories of your own? Um, I have two weird things that happened when I was a kid. One was because back then everybody, the only phones you had were the, your house phone, right? Your landline. And we had, we kept getting these random calls and I can't remember if there's any pattern to them, but it would be just dead air. I think on the other line and eventually my parents got tired of it and they called to have the number traced and it came up to some old abandoned like I don't know if it was like a doghouse at an oil well or something but mm. it was the strangest thing yeah. that we were just getting a random call from there and then there was never anybody on the other line could you hear breathing that would be creepy I don't know if I ever yeah. answered it or if it just happened my parents picked it up every time but there was that and then our attic hatch one day just lifted and slid back a bit. Oh. Yeah. And I, it's not that I seen it happen. I didn't see it lift up and then slide back a bit. But, um, and I can't remember who in the house noticed it, but it was, I mean, the roof is eight feet. So not a single one of us. We're, we're a short family could just reach that and push it back and play a trick. Um, but it uh, freaked the hell out of my mom. Oh, yeah. My mom made a big deal about it. And my dad poked his head up and checked and there was nothing. And it was just a regular addict. Um, Did you call it an addict? Yeah. I said that. <laughs> it was a re it's a re regular addict. Um no storage, no nothing like that. It was just insulation and vents and that and that was it. But my dad figured what happened is a bit because we had a really big storm the day before that, I think. But with the winds, it created almost like a vacuum and it might have oh. just lifted the the attic hatch, which I think sounds weird, but probably likely as well. Maybe. Yeah. But that's pretty that's creepy. Pretty much it that I can think of that was a creepy kind of ghosty type-ish, but easily explained story too. Well, yeah, the the phone call one's not really easily explained, but... Yeah. But yeah, those, uh, those are about the two I have. That's creepy. Yeah. You? You got any good ones? Um, I have a few, but I'm not telling you. I'm just kidding. Um, okay. I do have a few, but I'm only going to say two of two fast ones. Um, one of them, uh, I would say in like 2012 ish, I lived with one of my brothers. Yeah. One of or one of my kids and I, not just one of them, my <laughs> yeah. kids, both of them. And I, we moved in with my brother and, um, he was working, I don't know where it was at the time, but he was working, he worked away for like a month at a time. 
And he works in places like Argentina and Bolivia and just faraway places, right? Yeah. And we went, he was gone working. And I went somewhere for the weekend with my kids. And when I came back on like the Sunday, there was a lit candle on the kitchen table when I got home. Oh, that's weird. It was weird because there was nobody else that lived in that house at all. Yeah. And let's say I left a lit candle. There's absolutely no way it would have kept burning all weekend like that. Oh, yeah. And that that was chilling for me. Yeah, that would be creepy as hell. Yeah, it really was. And the other story... And the other story, this was, I would say... 2014-ish, maybe? Yeah. Um, I was living with a boyfriend, and <laughs> why are you sitting like that, John? My back hurts. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, he's <laughs> sitting in a way I've never, ever seen his body look before. <laughs> just, what are you doing? I'm just trying to sit straight. <laughs> this is the comfiest seating arrangement we have. John looks like a meerkat right now. The I, way he's I'm making sure I'm safe and there's no danger nearby. <laughs> um <clears throat> So I was living at my ex-boyfriend's house, okay? Yeah. And <laughs> What are you doing? Just stretching my legs out. <laughs> Um, sorry. <clears throat> so, I was living, my kids and I again, um, yeah. we were living at my ex-boyfriend's house. And <clears throat> he lived in a trailer, because I as a trailer person. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to be funny. There's nothing, <laughs> I, I don't look down on people who live in trailers. Uh, I just like doing jokes about yeah. myself. I'm not making fun of other people because this is me. Um... That's where we actually live. Yeah, it is where we actually live. And we actually did, I actually lived in a different trailer park. Me too. Anyways, so we lived in a trailer park, but it was like rural. Um, it was like only a few kilometers outside of the town we lived in, but it was not inside the town. Yeah. And um, so I was laying on in the bed and having a nap in the middle of the day. And I was the only one that was home. And he had a gun cabinet in the closet. And it was locked and whatever, right? Yeah. And I got woken up from a dead sleep because it sounded like something inside that gun cabinet, that locked, like, metal gun cabinet, was just banging and banging and banging and banging from the inside of it. It was like... I would say like five feet, five, five-ish feet away. Yeah. Like the closet was very close to the bed. And that's where the sound definitely was coming from. And it felt like it was like minutes, like a couple minutes. But really, <laughs> when something is happening to you in your memory, it's like, oh, it was so long. But it would, honestly was probably only like five seconds yeah. of banging. And it was loud and 
the, like the thing that popped into my head while it was happening was something is inside of that and it wants out. Yeah. Yikes. I'd even have to lock for it. I would never have unlocked it to see what was no. in there anyway. <clears throat> I don't blame you. But that was really creepy. Yeah, that would be but creepy. that's not the whole story. Um, so I had a friend that also lived in that trailer park. An acquaintance. Someone I knew. Yeah. Um, and... Oh, well, I guess there's another part to that story before I tell that part, actually. So... My daughter was young. So this was about six years ago. And she's 11 now. So she's like five, let's say, right? Yeah. And she kept saying that something was poking her, like in the back. Oh, weird. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's creepy. I wonder if we're haunted. I would just make jokes like that and stuff and be like, weird. Because nobody poked you and you're standing like... She would often say that when we were, like, when she, like, got her little boots on and her coat on and she was waiting at the door to go somewhere. Yeah. And, like, I, like, I'd heard her a few times be like, oh, don't do that. Something's touching me. And I was like, whatever, right? But also inside of me, I was like, that's creepy. But I didn't want to say that's creepy. Yeah. Anyways. <clears throat> so one day I was, like, on Facebook and I seen a status from this person I knew that also lived in the trailer park. Saying almost identical stuff to that. Oh, crazy. Like, th like they had a, a child or both of her kids, I think, possibly, were saying things like that, too. And I was like, weird, because I've never said that to before. That's yeah, like you odd. never told her that or anything. No. Yeah, that's so crazy. other people that lived there having kind of a really similar thing happen, I was like, that's really weird. Yeah. Mm, yikes. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. That's a good creepy one. Yeah, that is creepy. And it's absolutely true. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yuck. So, last thing. Let's finish up with this. It doesn't matter if it's new or old. You don't even have to definitively say this is your favorite one. Because I know for me, that's like asking me to pick a favorite kid. I can't do it, okay? Yeah. Um, well, even if, let's say you have a favorite, say it then. Um, what's your favorite movie or movies in the horror or Halloween genre? Hmm. So, I would definitely say the Saw movies are really up there. The final, like, all the Saw movies, all the Final Destinations, um... As Above, So Below is one of my favorite horror movies. Yeah. You ordered that off Amazon to show it to me because I'd never seen it. Yep. And then one day later, Netflix added it for free. Yeah. The one time I went to look for it on Netflix, they had taken it off the day before that. <laughs> um, when I was a kid, there was like the Freddy Krueger movies. I was really into those. The Halloweens. Um... Uh, uh, Hellraiser. Yeah. I really like those. Um, trying to think of what else maybe was really up there. I feel like if I have to think about it this hard, though, then it's not like one of the, the top ones. But 
the the haunting of Emily Rose when I first watched that that one was good that yeah. creeped the hell out of me that one I liked that one too and the autopsy of Jane Doe was pretty good that one was you know what I that one, that one was okay for for me yeah <laughs> sorry no it, it's <clears throat> it's all good that's one though that makes me because I've always thought like I don't know how somebody doing an autopsy is just like there's people that are just cool with that. That's no, that's their job. Yeah. It doesn't gross them out. It doesn't freak them out. It doesn't anything like that. But I'd always just be worried, like wondering in the back of my head one time is, I, am I going to look at them and they'll just be looking at me? The way you looked at me when you said that was creepy. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Any specific horror movies that really stand out for you as good ones? So you don't have one favorite? I... I I can't. No, I don't. There's just too many good ones. Yeah. Um, When I was a kid, um, Chucky, Child's Play. Oh, yeah. Was definitely. I spent a lot of time thinking about it. Let's put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I got to go pee in the middle of the night. Is Chucky there? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I spent a lot of time thinking about Chucky when I was a kid. Um, when I got older, I'm going to be completely honest with you, very few things in the actual horror genre even scare me at all. Yeah. Um, some stuff will give me a jump scare. But that's different. <clears throat> what happened to my voice? <laughs> some stuff will give me a jump scare. <laughs> yeah. But that's different than thinking about it later like my friend Chucky. Yeah. Um, however, I want to comment that the Chucky thing really scared me when I was a kid because I, my brother had a doll called, um, my buddy. Oh yeah. And he had brown hair, not red hair like Chucky, but they had very striking similarities. (laughs) Yeah. And we thought that doll was like Chucky's cousin or something, right? (laughs) Yeah. So that also scared me. Um. The Leprechaun movies kind of creeped me out when I was a kid, too. Oh, yeah. I remember those. Um, But as an adult, I've been a fan of more of the slasher movies, right? Yeah. Than, like, haunting movies. Um, I still like them. I'm just saying the slasher movies have creeped me out more than, like, the paranormal stuff. Yeah. But I enjoy that, too. But um, I would honestly say that my Favorite is probably the Saw series. Yeah. Yeah. It is a great series. Um, I mean, there's other stuff. Like, if I'm going to pick something that really just got into my head and creeped me out, it's Hostel, but I've already talked about that. Oh, yeah. But that's not really <clears throat> horror. It's it's slasher style. Yeah. And Texas... It's still horrific. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre had... A special place in my heart with fear as well. Yeah. As an adult and um, The Purge. Oh, yeah. Which I think I'm traveling a little bit off of the original question, but... A little bit, but that is a good movie too. And it would be quite chilling. Like, the actual story behind it is is yeah. pretty chilling. Yeah. But yeah, so... What about you guys? Any... Like, what's your... Guys' top horror movies or 
what some chilling stories you have as a kid, some unexplained ghostiness that's happened to you. Yeah. Let us know. You can let us know on our Facebook page. You can let us know at our email. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, darkvalepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll just wrap it up by talking about Little Nerdy, which is a podcast that talks about how we're all a little nerdy. Yep. Um, they talk about games, video games, uh, movies, anime. Yep. Um, history. Yep. History. Yep. And just kind of uh, a lot of the stuff in the the what would be described as nerd culture and yeah. and stuff, but yeah, they're Michelle and Owen. Uh, they do the podcast. They're really good. They got lots of humor, uh, lots of information. Mm-hmm. Um, they do their debate without hate once a month. Yep. Um, that releases on the Fridays, and that's always a good one. Um, yeah. Lots of humor in that one. <clears throat> and they they always release a new episode on Tuesday. Yep. One day after us. So so you guys can check us out and then check them out. Yeah. And they're available on all major platforms. Mm-hmm. Just like we are. Yeah. So we hope you guys enjoyed that one. Yep. We're going to try and stick with a, a spooky October, I think. And hopefully we got something spooky next time. Yeah. Ghosty. Bloody. Gore-tastic. Yep. I'm making up words now. I have one thing to tell you. What's up? This is a jump scare for you, John. I died 40 years ago. You're talking to a ghost. (laughs) Damn it. That did scare me. Why I couldn't say that? (laughs) With a straight face? You're talking to a ghost, John. (laughs) There you go. You did it that time. I got nothing. I had a dream he died one time. You did. John had a dream that I was laying dead in a bathtub. Yeah. And got out of the bathtub. Yeah, you came back to life. That was a scary, terrifying dream I had one time. That's horrible. Yeah. I think about that once a week, John. (laughs) (laughs) Please join us next Monday for some... Podcast Podcast and and chill. chill!